Welcome, everyone, to episode 37 of the Fast and Fabulous podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Montone. I'm a full-time mom, fasting coach, and podcaster. My entire adult life was always centered around losing weight and got exceptionally difficult after having children. I had tried everything. Pills, shakes, wraps, counting calories, over-exercising. I was the ultimate yo-yo dieter until January 2020 when I discovered clean intermittent fasting. Three and a half years later, I'm down 50 plus pounds, but most importantly, I've been able to maintain a healthy weight and ditch diet brain for the first time in my adult life. So stop counting calories and stick with me because we all have the power to lose weight and keep it off naturally. Best of all, it's absolutely free. Please remember to consult your physician before embarking on an intermittent fasting lifestyle. Also, please do not use any of the following information in place of medical advice. This episode is brought to you by the Fast and Fabulous Patreon community. I get messages from around the world asking how you can support the show and help us get the word of intermittent fasting out, and now you can do just that. There's only one level of membership to keep it as simple as possible. For only $6.99 a month, you can not only support the show, but you will also get something in return. When you join, you will enjoy early access to each episode, connect with other intermittent fasters from around the world, access to our monthly Zoom meetups hosted by me, where we can connect on a variety of topics and more. To join, please visit the link in the show notes. And for those interested to connect with me to book a consultation or learn more about my personal one-on-one coaching, please visit fastandfabulouspodcast.com. Special shout out to our new patrons, Emily Hanish and Emily M. Thank you for believing in me and being some of our first patrons. I am so excited for what's to come in our community. Okay, everyone, I am so excited to have Netta Gorman back on the show. If you've been tuning in, you will recall Netta was episode 10 back in May of last year. Netta is a 53-year-old mom and teacher, originally from the UK and now living in Canada. At the age of 45, Netta had always eaten normally, that is, three meals a day, snacks, treats on special occasions, which for Netta turned into every day. And so she identified as a sweet tooth and not a day went by without her eating chocolates, cookies, or some kind of sweet. She didn't have a problem with this and was lucky enough she didn't have a weight issue. Maybe an extra 15 pounds over the years at the very most. Lucky her, huh? But weight wasn't the only sign of health and isn't the only sign of health. From her early 30s, Netta had been suffering from slow digestion, bloating and pain, infertility issues, depression, anxiety, mood swings, achy joints, and signs of a fatty liver. In July of 2015, after months of resisting the idea, Netta tried the unthinkable. She cut out sugar, sweeteners, and flour. Just for a period of two weeks, she thought, and no more. But after just a few days, she started feeling so much more energetic. And within a few weeks, her extra weight, cravings, disappeared. As well did her cellulite, PMS, frequent headaches. 
She had better concentration, mental clarity, better digestion, less joint stiffness, clear, glowing skin, and her moods had seemed to stabilize. Intermittent fasting came naturally as a result of appetite correction after just a few months after she cut out sugar. Now Netta eats just once or twice a day. She's never bothered with cravings or the need to snack and enjoys her food like never before. She has a healthy relationship with food and sees it as a delicious and fun way to nourish herself, not as a calculation of macros and calories. She has better self-esteem, and because of this, she feels great and she looks great. It's been nine years since she's had any sugar. Netta hosts an online private Facebook community called the After Sugar Club, She has a wonderful coaching program, a YouTube channel, and a popular podcast called Life After Sugar. Go check it out. In her community, Netta teaches small but powerful mindset shifts to make your lifestyle joyful and sustainable so that you can feel healthier with more energy and confidence and less sugar. I will go ahead and link all of these in the show notes. Enjoy. Welcome, everyone. I have Netta Gorman here. And Netta, if you've been tuning in, was on last year, way back in May. And I am so excited to have you here and do an update episode. I love to be here. (laughs) How have you been for the past year plus plus? Oh, I've been great. Thank you. Um, And, you know, fasting as usual. Um, I'm kind of struggling actually with perimenopause, to be quite honest. But, um, and I'd like to also for us to talk about that to do with fasting and to do with, as you know, I I lead a sugar free and flour free life. But I I think perimenopause threw a spanner in the works, quite frankly. Oh my gosh, Netta, I'm so glad that you said that word because perimenopause is something that not only am I struggling with, but so many people are and we don't talk about it enough. Exactly. So, And as fasters, I think we do need to open up the door to the topic. And um, and so let's chat about that perimenopause and what that, how that's kind of thrown a wrench into your journey. Yeah, yeah, you say wrench. I think I said spanner, but we understand each other. I know. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So I'm 53 and a half, getting on for 54, okay. actually. And um, I thought that I was well on the way to being menopausal. Um, and according to my the to my doctor, my family doctor, and I'm in Canada, so we don't get all the the fancy tests that you may have in the states. Certainly not because um, it's a so-called free health system that we have here. But anyway, he sent off some of my blood to for testing, and he came back and said to me, "Nata, you're in menopause." But the thing is. But I can't tell because I don't, I haven't had a site like a, a bleeding for about 10 years because I had my uterus cauterized. We'll get straight into the details here. <laughs> so I had my tubes taken out and one ovary a few, quite a few years ago because I had cysts and they said, while we're taking your ovary out, we might as well take out your tubes, your fallopian tubes, because that's often where ovarian cancer begins. So, 
as a preventative measure. And I'm like, well, you're in there anyway. Um, but they left well. my uterus in. Um, and I said, while you're in there, cauterize it, which just means sort of burn the lining so that I don't bleed every month. It's just not useful to do that anyway, which means that I can't go according to my cycle with, with the bleeding. So I don't really know if it's stopped or not. Anyway, the doctor comes back and says, yes, according to these tests, you are menopausal now at 53. But the thing is, I've also been seeing another doctor (laughs) behind his back (laughs) no he knows about it because he knows the other doctor um who's more specialized in women's health and especially in perimenopause and menopause and bio identical hormones Mm -hmm. and she ran way more comprehensive tests and Mm -hmm. said no netta you have a lovely cycle still right you are perimenopausal but nowhere near menopausal despite my age right so even though I um, respect my family doctor greatly and it's not because he's a man that I think he doesn't know much about hormones and women's things not at all it's just because he's a family doctor he's not specialized in hormones and the right kinds of tests and the right times to run these tests, right? Whereas the other doctor had me take several tests in two week at two week intervals and could then see from the results that no, I have a cycle and my lack of bleeding has nothing to do with what my one little solitary ovary floating in space in my body, it what that is doing. And that ovary is still producing estrogen or estrogen or however you pronounce it in the state. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, my body is still producing the hormones. It's starting to go down now, she says. Okay. And so it definitely is perimenopause. Sure. But certainly I'm not menopausal. This is really important to unpack because you said the, the major difference between your family doctor and the other doctor you were seeing is that she the I would say is it a functional medicine doctor you're seeing not even she's just specialized in a specialist okay she did it at the certain times in your cycle where you would want to look and see are where is your estrogen at this moment in your cycle where is your progesterone this moment in your cycle and that can tell you if you're in peri or actually in menopause exactly But if you're just testing one time randomly in your cycle, and that happened to me, and it was the same, I was just at my OBGYN, same thing. They put, you know, they did one test randomly in my cycle and said, everything's fine with your hormones. You're totally fine. And I'm like, no, (laughs) I'm not. So yeah, that, that you have to make sure that you're getting tested at this certain times in your cycle to see where your hormones are at. So with that being said, you're still in perimenopause. Yes, that's what she said. Because my um, hormones, the, the tests, and it was kind of random, those that two week interval was relatively random. And from the results, you could see where I was in my cycle, because we couldn't time it to be at the beginning of my cycle, because I don't know when the beginning of my cycle is, right? Right. But it doesn't matter. It's in two weeks, she can see from the results 
oh, you're, you know, you're where normally you would have been menstruating or you're around your ovulation or in the luteal mm-hmm. phase, which is after. So it's like she could tell just from the results. And yes, she said you're in perimenopause, your hormones are starting to go down. And she has given me um, progesterone. Okay. Just to kind of even things out. The thing, the reason why I went to see her was that for the last, I would say, 12 to 18 months, I have been experiencing what we, what those of us who don't know much about perimenopause or menopause, I have been experiencing the symptoms of what I thought was menopause, which is hot flashes, which is irritability, um, you know, and kind of just generally on edge, kind of like long term P- PMS really. yeah. reminds me of what I used to have in my 30s and 40s. And so I thought because I don't I didn't know much about it before I read up on it. I thought this was menopause. Mm. But what I found was that, no, most of the symptoms happen in perimenopause. Mm-hmm. One of the symptoms in air quotes that I had was that I was fasting just as before, if not longer, but I was getting a pooch around the belly. I was gaining belly fat and it wasn't because I my eating window was longer. In fact, on the contrary, as I was seeing this happen, I lengthened my fasting hours to, and I was OMAD most days, one meal a day, and it was still happening, this belly fat, or, you know, all is, everything's relatively in a small, on a small scale, because I'm such a small person mm-hmm. to begin with, but still, uh, it made me uncomfortable, made my clothes tight, uh-huh. and it, I wasn't changing what I was eating, I was, I haven't had sugar and flour and products made from them for over eight years, and I certainly wasn't changing that during these last 18 months or so and yet my my body was changing Hmm. so more belly fat more bloating and just generally feeling like I was heavier I don't Mm -hmm. weigh myself but it was a feeling yeah yeah I can totally relate to that because I work out every day I fast every day and I usually just eat one meal a day I'm younger than you but i started perimenopause in my late thirties. And so, yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that I did all the things and it didn't matter. I would still write in my midsection. So let you go on and, and tell me what conclusions have you come to from all of this and, you know, how has it affected your fasting journey? Are you still doing one meal a day? No, I've actually, um, uh, you know, generally, since I started intermittent fasting over eight years ago, generally I eat when I'm hungry is what I tell people, right? And it happens to be between once or twice a day. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, in days when I eat, it has happened that I've eaten three times a day and I get the feeling I'm just eating all the time. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Only three times. But generally it's two, two times or once a day. But I found myself when I saw that belly fat hanging around my mm. midsection. It's funny because um, I found myself actually trying to lengthen my fasting window, which I'd yeah. never done before. It's always been more intuitive. 
Yeah. And it was like this little bit of diet brain that came back to haunt me of, oh, yeah. you're getting more pudgy, as we call mm-hmm. it, around mm-hmm. the middle. Um, therefore, you need to not eat less, but eat less often or do something different. And I did that for a while and it didn't change much. Mm. And so I then basically once I sort of slightly came out of the perimenopause symptoms because they're a lot less sort of intense now. Good. Um, and I'm getting hormone therapy now. Okay. Uh, that kind of settled things much more in other words it halted the belly fat and certainly halted like the I suppose the bloating that I was having as well um it it kind of went back to almost normal um and I didn't still didn't change what I ate and actually some days I eat more often so HRT in case you're listening hormone replacement therapy is when they give you, it depends. How are you taking your hormone replacement therapy? Sometimes it's orally, sometimes it's like a cream. Yeah, I have both. So I have progesterone orally. I actually, she said, it's actually a good idea to only take one rather than two. I can't remember the dosage quite frankly, but she says you can crunch it. Like they're little capsules and Mm. the the stuff is inside. She said you, you can actually crunch it with your teeth and and the liquid kind of is is even better um absorbed through the mucus in your mouth yeah than if if you swallowed it whole and it goes down into your digestive system Mm -hmm. but she says it could taste a bit like not very good but it it tastes fine to me because my taste is not like normal people (laughs) right she's like well it could taste bitter or i can't remember exactly what she's and i'm like no it tastes like chocolate to me (laughs) (laughs) it's fine it's fine (laughs) you can't you can't you know my tastes have changed so much that anything non-sweet tastes still tastes sweet to me so that's fine and then the estrogen is in a cream form okay here in Canada I was reading in the papers this morning that there's been a shortage of the patch form of estrogen um Mm. just from the manufacturing side of things so anyway she gave me cream for that Let's take a quick break. Welcome to the Alchemy of Natural Healing. I'm your host, Laurel Dewey. True healing is an alchemical process, meaning it must transform you on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. What affects one affects all three. True healing is one of the hardest journeys you'll ever travel, but it's one of the most rewarding and fulfilling when you get to meet yourself for the first time. If you're ready to take that journey, let's get started. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better and I'm glad all that is working for you um, because none of that worked for me. It's still, I can't take any um, hormones. My body is so sensitive that I, I just go into this whirlwind of crazy um, crazy, crazy physical symptoms, crazy mental symptoms. Uh, so I have to do all the natural things, which still can be very, very like my body's just super, super sensitive. So I need to like do some more digging and some more researching on what I need to be doing 
I don't know because like you, I had my uterus cauterized and I don't know when my cycles come, which is a great thing, but then it's also very confusing. But I'm only 42. I think that I'm still in perimenopause. I'm pretty sure I am. I'm glad that we kind of unpacked that and that you realized that the one meal a day wasn't, even though you were trying to do something good and getting rid of that belly fat, you were trying to fast longer, eat less. But at the end of the day, when it's hormonal, when it comes down to it, that belly fat is normal in perimenopause. And if your estrogen and your progesterone is off, you can have such belly fat problem. Everything goes straight to the belly. And I have experienced it myself. And it's, it's so frustrating because you're doing everything right. Right. And yet you have this pooch down there. Yeah. Yes. And the good news is I have to say for myself, at least is that it sort of got reabsorbed as it were and things you know for for a 53 year old I can say my body's not like it was when I was in my 20s obviously but it's certainly not as it was a year ago it's actually tightened up you know I don't know if it's autophagy or just the hormones or a bit of both but it's it's better that's good to hear that is so good to hear so hormone replacement therapy it can be very beneficial obviously work with your medical practitioners just as Ned is working with hers and it does it's not for everyone but it can definitely help you and if it can it's life-changing so Netta I want to unpack some sugar related issues because most people I know in this community it's their number one struggle is is sugar it's a huge issue it's a huge problem and So when I say that most people struggle with sugar, I mean that like not everyone's a sugar addict, Mm -hmm. but they struggle with having too much of it, having it too often, having it every day as a treat. Um, And so let's talk about when should somebody consider completely saying goodbye to sugar in their life? Well, I have, um, you know, I was, I also have a podcast called Life After yes. Sugar. And on episode 12, it's a very popular episode because I get into whether you are an abstainer or a moderator. In other mm-hmm. words, whether your natural personality tends more towards all or nothing, not just for sugar, but for everything in your life. You know, mm-hmm. some of us, myself included, maybe you, you as well, <laughs> um, you know, we're like, we're throw ourselves into things or we are like passionate about things or we make lists for things and we organize and plan things that those are pretty much um signs that you're probably more of an abstainer that Mm -hmm. this kind of all or nothing approach fits Mm -hmm. your natural personality Mm-hmm. and um, people who are more moderators they kind of my husband's like that he's like he's gonna take time to think about things and to mull them over and to you know look at all it both there's not not like one type of person is better than another but it's just that some people are better with step by step gradually doing something again whether it's cutting sugar or not and other mm-hmm. people are more all or nothing black or white or whatever yeah. And so I like to answer your question, how do you know whether it's better off for you to cut sugar completely all at once or to do it gradually? Well, I would say um, respect your natural personality, because really, if you go against that, 
it's not likely to be very sustainable because you're fighting yourself, plus the battle to fight sugar, which in right. itself has a hold on most of us. It really does. So it's like if you want to just fight one battle at a time, you know, do a little bit of introspection to see what kind of person you are naturally and go with that. Obviously, we're not all 8 billion of us into, we can't really split us into two groups only, but, but you know, what's your tendency? And you can listen to episode 12 of the Life After Sugar podcast to sort of see, yeah. okay, what do you mean? Because a lot of people tell us, oh, you can eat sugar in moderation. Right. And moderation. That particular episode I did is my gentle rant about stop telling me to eat sugar in moderation it doesn't work for me and it doesn't work for everyone it I certainly can say that I know a a lot of people that have the personality that you described where it's very much like they are very organized they're very type a and they're all or nothing and it's kind of going to be the same when it comes to any sort of addictive personality, when it comes to, I mean, sugar's addictive. Let's, let's face it. I mean, it's a very addictive thing. So when it comes to something that could be so addictive, if you have that type of personality and you're sitting here going, yep, that's me, that's me, that's me. And you're struggling so much with sugar. It might be time for you to take a closer look at your relationship with sugar and see, well, maybe I should just totally abstain from it. And that might be best for your life. And so when somebody comes off sugar, say that somebody out there is listening in and they want to nothing to do with sugar anymore. They want to get rid of it from their life. Would you tell somebody slowly take away the sugar or would you say, just cut it off and let the cards fall where they may or how how do you how do you handle that yeah well a little bit like I mentioned before I actually first talk about the person and not Mm -hmm. the sugar right Mm -hmm. it's the person the individual that deserves the attention and Mm sugar is kind of like an afterthought in the sense that what matters is you who you are what your natural personality is like. Once we get that sorted, then the answer actually makes itself evident Mm. from, you know, from that sort of self-analysis, as it were. So if you come to the the conclusion that you are more of an all or nothing kind of person, the natural extension of that is that you're probably better off cutting out sugar completely all at once. I agree. I totally agree. I think that's true for anything that you're have a habit or it's a bad habit um just cutting it off completely is usually the way to go unless it's like a pharmaceutical type thing then you have to talk to your doctor however when you're coming off sugar and you're you say i'm done and you're like today's my first day with no sugar what should somebody expect after that like physical signs i mean i've seen across the board things happen so yeah. what do you tell people like what what do you, what should you expect in these next few weeks well yes like you were saying for your own body that's extra sensitive to hormones people react differently and if your body has been used to running on glucose which is basically what sugar breaks down into really fast and then suddenly your body's not receiving that level of glucose from the food that you're eating right I'm not saying no glucose I'm just saying a lot less when you cut sugar and I also include flour in that because flour also breaks down into glucose really fast um 
so so yeah so if your body is suddenly not being not running on all that glucose or fast acting glucose then it might you might have some what they call detox symptoms um i certainly did back in 2015 and so i was completely out of action exhausted for about two days you know i went for a 15 minute nap and woke up two days later you know my body was like i'm checking out i can't handle this um you may experience that you are more thirsty and that you pee more as well Um, and there's biological reasons for this you may have flu-like symptoms you may get Mm. the shakes it's sometimes it's like coming off of you know a really hard drugs depending on how your body functions with or without like with a lot less glucose so i've also met people that have had absolutely no effects whatsoever (laughs) and they're still my friends oh that's good (laughs) (laughs) and so basically you know be prepared for the worst Mm. and be prepared for the psychological effects Mm. not physical effects because i think we underestimate how attached we are to sugar and what it means to us. You know, we always speak of sugar in relation to treats, right? Mm. And that kind of emotional connection to sugar is what is the toughest because really, if we didn't have any kind of emotional connection to sugar, we'd just stop eating it and that would be that. The fact is, it's not that. Is it really a treat, especially for adults when you're eating something that makes you feel like garbage or maybe you're chewing it and it tastes delicious but then four hours later you're in the bathroom with a stomach ache so that that all being said i i understand not everyone's going to just ditch sugar i get that i understand some people should however moving into the season that we're about to move into the holiday season there's lots of these treats around um the quality varies of where you are what do you what is your like best tip going into the holiday season if you are trying to reduce or maybe you're just abstaining from sugar completely what are your what are your tips especially just going into all of this holiday hoopla lots of parties and stuff yes i think one of the things to be aware of is that the holiday season is a north american thing and not necessarily worldwide so it's very culturally based and it's Mm -hmm. not a human thing like around the world it's not a universal thing so just to be aware that you know where you live if it happens to be in north america then you're going to be bombarded with this stuff obviously i'm you can't just go and move to another country (laughs) but just be aware that this is just a cultural construct Mm -hmm. right doesn't take away from the fact that it's all around you, but just be aware of the culture that you live in. It's a good thing to remind everyone of. Yeah, that has created this situation. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing I would say is um, what has helped me the most over the last eight years, and I've had, this is my ninth year of the holiday season. I I sound British, which I am, but I live in Canada, so we have the craziness too. Um, what's helped me the most is again that side of my personality that is like 
that goes against the grain that is mm. sort of how can, it's a bit like a game. How can I do the opposite of what's expected of me and have fun doing that? Not everyone has that type of personality because a lot of us yeah. feel uncomfortable being different from other people. But um, but it might be fun to approach it as a game with a bit more sort of joy and fun and say, let's just see how much fun I can have without sugar this year. Let's see if I'm even capable of having fun without giving away that kind of power. I call it your personal power without yeah. giving it away to sugar. Sure. I like that. I like giving yourself like a challenge. I'm going to get through this holiday season and I'm going to find things on that table that aren't sugar and that yeah. are delicious. And even non-food sources of fun, right? And yes. just, having, just enjoying who you're celebrating with, you know, and practicing that being enough. I think um, from from my own students in my program, what I found is that it takes a little bit of a mindset shift or a reframe to live your life during the holiday season or at any time of the year and to to enjoy things being enough. And sometimes without wanting to diminish the sort of the, the suffering of um, sugar detox or this big change in your diet, Sometimes I say that we cutting sugar is a first world problem. Mm. When you look around, again, you know, other countries, other situations in the world where they are fighting for their very existence, the fact that you may not be eating pumpkin pie this year is a first world problem. You're and, right. and again, I don't want it to sound like it's not important to you. I'm just saying sometimes it's, it's helpful just to see it in relation to what real problems might be. Absolutely. It, it is about perspective, changing right. your perspective, change your mindset. And you're right. It is a first world problem. There's much worse things happening than whether or not you can have your pie, at, you know, with Thanksgiving. So, and, and all that being said, you know, it, it probably will be very uncomfortable to refuse or to have set out not to have any and then to feel like you've fallen off the wagon and you are having some it's all very uncomfortable anything new and I say this as a teacher anything new is uncomfortable so the other tip I would have is to sort of get comfortable with being uncomfortable expect to be uncomfortable and yeah. and get comfortable with it. I like that. Be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I think that a lot of us, whether it's cutting sugar or um, whether it's fasting or anything, anything at all that's different is going to be uncomfortable. So yeah. it, a lot of us don't want to embrace that and don't want to sit with that feeling. But when we sit with it and we embrace it, that's when we get to the other side of of the bullshit, if you will. Yeah, yeah, well said. And it's ironic in a way, because if you're eating all the sugar and the flour and the processed foods, uh, I'm just wondering how comfortable you actually are now. Right, right, exactly. 
Exactly. So I, I really just want to thank you, Netta, for, for coming on and sharing everything you have, especially about the holidays and perimenopause. You've been great. It's always so much fun talking to you. And I feel a little bit more secure myself going into this holiday season. I am a moderator when it comes to sugar. And I think my listeners know that, but I think that my personality, it, it is all or nothing, but I have somehow mastered moderation. That being said, I do want to tell everybody going into the Christmas, whatever holiday you celebrate season in North America, if when it comes to the table, when it comes to the parties, try to find the protein, find the protein first. And when you do that and you satiate yourself with good food, find the good food first and then go and if you're an abstainer, walk away. If you're a moderator, find the most quality treat. I'm putting air quotes up or, um, you know, sugar that you want to have in your moderate window and, and have that find quality over something junky above all else. Have a great holiday season, everybody. And Netta, you do the same. I, I am so jealous of your winter wonderland up there. I, I just love all your posts. I'm like, oh, I'm down here in Florida, just <laughs> dreaming about a winter wonderland. It's just so beautiful. Uh, thank you. And thank you for inviting me. Thank you, Netta, so much. Have a great afternoon. Thank you all again for listening today. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Follow me on Instagram at Clean Fasting Mama. If you would like to hear more on my story or sign up for my newsletter, please visit fastandfabulouspodcast.com. And if you're enjoying the show, please leave me a review. Fast on, friends. <laughs>